We are here for our seventh installment of Sunday Showcase with Israel and Eli from Two Brothers Talking. How are you doing today, guys? We're good. Doing well, doing well. Good, doing. good. Doing well, doing well. So let's first start. How, how did you guys come up with the idea for your podcast in general and what made you decide to go into podcasting together? I'm, I'm going to let you take this one. I feel like this is <laughs> your baby. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm a huge uh, listener of podcasts. I really love um, some of the ones that are already out there. There's some great ones. Um, but I wasn't hearing any topics that really related to me, the topics that I felt like needed to be talked about. And so uh, we're brothers. And so I, I pitched it to Eli. I said, hey, look, let's do something that I don't see out there. Let's do something uh, special together, spend more time together because we we busy lives. You know, we're both married. We've got a lot going on. So this is really our time to really spend together and just shoot the breeze while helping people. And so some of the topics that I did not feel that were being discussed were toxic masculinity. That word's thrown around a lot, but what is it? What kind of, what's under the surface of that? Things like mental health, I felt that needed to be front and center. Um, topics like the one we're talking about today, like toxic people, what are some traits and characteristics um, that you can identify, spot them, and then what do you do once you know where, you know who they are? Um, and so I pitched it to Eli and he was you know on board. And so we launched it and it was just kind of a natural uh, name, um, Two Brothers Talking, because that's how we basically started. We just started a dialogue and that's where the name came from, Two Brothers Talking. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I love the concept of of your podcast because it, it really is something that we need to hear more of from men, especially. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, you kind of answered my second question uh, of why you you decided to talk about this particular topic but to go off of that why did you decide that that's what you wanted to do for today's sunday showcase that's a good question um, <laughs> taking a look back at some of the episodes and that was really one that hit home for me if, if you, in that episode i speak a lot uh, about um, experience that happened to me you know there's a leader um, that ex exhibited some of these characteristics and traits. And that really hit uh, a, a nerve with me because I was going through loss at that time. Um, and so that was a really emotional episode for me. So I felt that was the best one for us to be able to, to put our stamp on and say, you know what, this is kind of the reason we started this. All of our episodes we've poured a lot into, but that was the one I could most connect to at that point in time because of the emotional connection and, and the emotions elicited when we were talking about that subject. I don't know. What do you think about the episode? Why this one? This one, uh, I, I think, was one that's necessary uh, for a couple of different points. Uh, I think everyone has relationships. Everyone has people in their lives. Uh, and we like to assume uh, that everyone in our life is going to be for our betterment, but that's not necessarily true. Uh, whether that's a professional relationship, a personal relationship, uh, there is a value in assessing the worth of each relationship or, or whether or not it's going to be beneficial to you. So I think this one really highlighted 
uh, and I kind of I I said in the podcast, and I, I like to say all the time, this we're not saying go on a witch hunt, like go between your friends, start voting people off the island. Um, but we we wanted to really give some tools and equip people to look at look at your relationships in your life, analyze them, and see okay, are these relationships beneficial to me, or are they are they toxic? Am I uh, trying to you know uh, bring someone up from a toxic level, and if so, you know how do how do I do that? What steps do I take? Uh, and we try to do that with every episode. I think we try to say, okay, here's an, here's a problem that could be, and then here's some possible solutions. Uh, that way, we're not just like, hey, you have a problem. Okay, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> right. There are a lot of podcasts I feel like out there that do do that. They kind of just yeah. throw the problem out there and then they just disappear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of YouTube channels I follow. They're kind of like, hey, the world's on fire. See you on Thursday. Right. Yeah, subscribe. Exactly. Like, but the world's still on fire. Like, how do I? Right. How do I, how do I yeah. fix that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's great. That's great. And again, I think it's just such a wonderful thing coming from men, especially because we we really don't hear about it from from the male perspective. You know, we hear women doing the whole like feminism thing and then like smash the patriarchy, but like we we rarely actually hear from the other side. And uh, it's important, I think, for men to get in that conversation and to to show that it's okay to be vulnerable and talk about mental health and all of that stuff. Yeah, needs to happen. Yeah. It does. It does. So let's let's get into the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that there are uh, about five signs of of a toxic individual. So can you explain what those are? Sure. So we covered five of them, but there, there's many more out there. But these are the ones we, we were able to pinpoint and highlight, especially in relationships in our lives. The first one is just one you typically see um, stemming from arrogance, that self-centeredness. Um, that's really like everything's about me. And you can be, you know, sharing a, a, a real big win in your life with a friend or, or a person you're in a relationship with. And then suddenly that conversation comes back to them. Um, and it's not about you anymore, which you were trying to share a big win in, or even a, a, a loss in your life, maybe. Um, but that self-centeredness causes them to really focus on themselves versus you, which is the priority at that moment in time. At least you hope so. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one is uh, a, to objectify somebody. So you see someone um, as more as a resource um, that or something you can use versus value that you can add to their life and vice versa. So you don't see them as a human being. You see them as an object. And we typically see this played out more um, when men objectify women, but it often doesn't stop there. It's, it's sometimes it's vice versa and, and even more below the surface, not just sexual objectification, but more of a, I don't appreciate you and your friendship in my life or your relationship in my life. You're just something that I can use as a means to get ahead. Yeah. The next one is deflecting blame. And that one is the one I highlighted um, and really elicited the most emotion for me is um, we see this sometimes in leadership or even when there it's peer to peer, when you're asked to be, to own up for a mistake that you make, because we all mis make mistakes. We're not perfect. But when you, or you're asked to, you deflect the blame. You say, you know what? It's because of of this person or really you misunderstood me. That's the callback to the episode is, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. Um, and it's really unfair to the person asking you to just be honest and say, hey, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. How can we fix it? How can we get better? 
uh, together. And so that deflecting blame, I feel like that was the biggest one for me. Uh, another one that kind of correlates to that is making excuses. So uh, Eli had a great example. I want you to share it. Um, when you mentioned uh, in the episode how someone was late and what's an excuse versus what's a real reason. Yeah. So uh, the making excuses in a talk with a toxic person or a toxic relationship, it, it takes no ownership. It takes no responsibility. And, and there's a difference between an excuse and a reason. Uh, the reason uh, may not you know, it, it may not cast all the, the burden on someone like, oh, you know, my house was on fire. I'm sorry, I couldn't take your phone call. It's reasonable to think they weren't able to do that yeah. because of this reason. Uh, but there's still a level of responsibility there where if someone's late because they woke up late, well, you know, I, I didn't wake or I woke up because my alarm didn't go off. I hear that one all the time. I woke up, I didn't wake up because my alarm didn't go off. Okay, but it's still your responsibility to be on time. Uh, so in that they're trying to take that blame and place it somewhere else they're making excuses they're taking the responsibility that should fall on them and they put it somewhere else that's a, a in my eyes a key indicator for someone who's toxic because uh one prevalent thing for a toxic person as we kind of work through these five you see it over and over again yeah. it's all about making sure i'm comfortable yeah. and we've seen it with leadership in different companies we worked for we've seen it in i mean you can see it almost anywhere nowadays uh, I've I've had the frustrating experience of working with people who just absolutely refuse to admit they're wrong, and uh, it it you know at the end of the day they go to sleep like a baby. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things is like you just you're so wrong, uh, but they're not willing to take uh, the responsibility of that one. And making excuses is is really passing the buck and making everyone else's lives miserable. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you're I saw so right. <laughs> So that Tom Hartman said, you know, I think we all have them in our lives. And yeah, it's easy to spot them now that you know what you're looking for. Yep. Um, like, oh, wow. Yeah, that person might be maybe toxic. I don't know. Um, that, that last one is uh, disloyal. And it really is um, unfortunate, you know, when someone cannot remain loyal when somebody else comes into the picture. So an example we used was when there's a, a two group, uh, you know, two people like me and Eli hanging out and then someone else enters that you know arena and all of a sudden Eli's no longer my friend or or no longer connected you know it's all about that other person and if that other person is bringing in uh, maybe some conversations that are negative uh, towards Eli you know some gossip or what have you instead of defending that friendship and saying you know what I know Eli's character that's that's not right or hey you know I don't want to hear what you have to say because that's totally false you're like oh yeah eli made me mad the other day and i see what you're saying you know and he's this and he's that and so that disloyalty really can tear apart a relationship in conjunction with these other four um, characteristics for sure do you feel like maybe um that first one that that you know it's all about me mentality the the kind of narcissistic attitude did you feel like the other traits kind of stem from that that it kind of all comes back to that that ego and that selfishness. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you're, you're good. Uh, they, they definitely do. Um, it if you look at most of the negative traits of a person, it's usually because they're so focused on themselves, <laughs> they can't see past that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like when you know you, we've seen in TV shows, we kind of like, oh, oh that's silly because we laugh at it because it's so ridiculous. Um, but someone's walking by like all these terrible things happening, and it happens to cross their path. I'm like, oh, woe is me. Uh, when really like the whole world around them is going through yeah. a really tough time, but because they're inconvenienced, now it's a problem. Right. Uh, and most things that are focused on yourself, it's 
it's going to be toxic to other people. I mean, if you think about uh, the most me point in a person's life is typically when they're a baby. And I'm not saying your babies are toxic. Don't like throw them out or anything. Uh, but if we think about like a child, a child's whole world is what? It's help me. I need this. I want this. Uh, and, you know, you hear all the time how, you know, parents don't sleep because it takes a lot of energy to be with someone like that. And when you're a child, it's okay. But as you grow up, the, the hope is that we become a little more, you know, focused on the things around us. And it can come from either a lack of maturity, uh, just a lack of self, you know, realization or self uh, awareness. Uh, but most toxic behaviors come from a self-focused lifestyle. Right. Yeah. We actually just, well, our next our next Psyche Saturday, we do a, a little segment called Psyche Saturday, and our next one's actually going to be about narcissistic personality disorder. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, people are constantly saying uh, there are particular people that we that we know of that are um, high profile people who have this kind of egocentric view. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a personality disorder, but they have those traits. And uh, I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly that um, that everything has to come back to me. Everything has to circle back to me. It's my way or the highway kind of thing is the main reason why a lot of relationships don't work out. Yeah. And so it, it's really part of uh, the the main thing of of any sort of toxic relationship. In the episode, you guys talk about not only you know intimate relationships, but but work as yeah. well. Um, and a lot of times, especially with um, you know the higher ups, they tend to have a little bit of that control because of that, like, and they, they have almost like a power struggle. Um, and, you know, uh, Israel, I, I, if you want to um, touch on the, the story that you had mentioned in the episode, because that, I mean, I, when, I, when I listened to it, I found myself like I could feel my face kind of going like, who does this? Yeah. But it yeah. does happen quite often, unfortunately. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. So uh, setting the stage, a few years ago, our aunt passed away from uh, a preventable cause. That, you know, she went to the hospital with some uh, gastro gastritis uh, issues, and um, uh, ER doctor ended up con uh, deciding to do uh, a procedure, a spinal tap, um, that caused her brain to shrink uh, into the spine and swell, and and she had to go fly out to to Phoenix. So her her scenario began to deteriorate pretty quickly. So what went from just visiting our aunt to the hospital ended up to counting the days that we had with her. And so I had a conversation with my leader. I was a first level leader. They were above me. So I had 16 folks underneath me that I was responsible for. And so knowing that responsibility, knowing as a leader, you're responsible regardless of what's going on around you. I had a conversation with my leader and said, you know what, this is what's going on. Our family is is unique. We're very close knit, um, and so when something happens in our family, we want to make sure that we are there for each other. And so this is a, a dynamic that we've had for a while. And so it was even more um, important for me to be there, not only for my aunt, but for my mom, but my my siblings, my father, everybody involved. 
And so I had that conversation with my boss and we were in agreement that, you know what, I have paid time off. That's what it's there for. Use it when you need it. Um, make sure, you know, your team is covered. Make sure everything that they need is taken care of because they're still, they still need a leader as well. So I took care of, squared away all the details. And I began to do that. But as the week progressed, her, her health just took a dive. And the doctors told us she has maybe days, a couple of days. So you really need to maximize the time you have. Um, kind of distance between our city, which is Yuma, and Phoenix is about three, three and a half hours. So I did not have enough paid time off. So I was driving up after work. I got off about three o'clock. We drive up. And then we drive back as late as possible, still giving me a chance to get some rest. I went to work at 5 a.m. Um, and so that was working fine. But there was a situation to where they told us, okay, this is her last, the last day. So we were up there. Uh, we drove back the next morning. I talked to my boss and said, you know what, can I take off tomorrow? I don't have pay time off, but if you're okay with it, one of my coworkers, we can switch our, our off days. If that's okay with you, that way, you know, I'm still working a day, but they're covering me tomorrow and I'm covering them, you know, the next day. Um, she agreed 100%. And then, um, so I went, you know, after work, we drove up. It was about nine o'clock. We were sitting there and we we're, you know, of course, it's emotional time. And then I get a text from my leader saying, you know what, um, what we agreed to, um, I misunderstood you uh, or you misunderstood me. You, you can't, you can't do what you're, you were going to do. You can't switch your days off. That's not going to work. You need to be here for work. And I'm, so I, I texted back, you know what? This is what we agreed to. Copy and pasted kind of the message we had um, and asked her, did I misunderstand, you know, what you had said? Is this, is this okay? If not, you know, let me know what needs, to, you know, what I can do because this is really important for me to be here. My aunt's going to pass away probably tonight. And so that was, that was tough for me to begin with. And her response was, I don't know what to tell you. Get your priorities together um, and let me know what you decide. And so that was that was heart wrenching in itself because here's a leader I trusted um, and I communicated the best way I could the need that I had. And as a leader, if someone on my team communicates their needs, I'm going to do everything in my power to help them move heaven and earth to help them, especially when there's a circumstance like this. And so. Uh, that's the least I expected, but that response was really heart wrenching. And to be honest, I was getting ready to, you know, say, you know what, I'll find another job when I get back. Uh, I need to be here for my family. But my dad, he's he's a wise man. He said, you know what, son, you've got responsibilities too. You can't deflect the blame because if you decide not to go and you you lose your job, I guarantee you're going to blame that leader. Uh, and that's not what a leader does. They don't deflect when they take responsibility for their actions, their decisions. So I went. Drove. We got into town about 1, 2 a.m. and I went to work um, at 5. And the first thing that they told me, they didn't scroll until about 9.30. Uh, they walked up to my desk and said, Israel, what are you doing here? Uh, and that really was off-putting because they knew what I was doing there. Um, they had told me, basically, I had no choice but to be there. I'd lose my job. And so that was another heartbreaking moment for me because here I am already in an emotional state and doing my job um, because that's my responsibility. And then the leader that already told me to get my priorities together um, comes in and tells me, you know, oh, what are you doing here? And when I explained what I was doing there, 
her response was, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me, not, oh, I misspoke, or I apologize, it was, you misunderstood me, and then walked away, so that was, oh, man, that's the epitome of deflecting blaming, that was really a tough time for me. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things about that situation, too, is it's like leaving a bunch of car crashes in your wake and just driving home as if nothing happened. Yeah. Because I guarantee that person's never thought about it again, which is, I think, one of the most frustrating parts for me is like they uh, we have a lot of older folks that drive in our in our city here in the winter. uh, And I've had people just stop in the middle of traffic, just take a picture or something, (laughs) just thing you shouldn't do. And one of the worst parts about it is they can leave car accidents behind them and keep driving because they never know what's going on behind them. Mm-hmm. So it could be in so much pain behind them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the worst things about people who deflect is they're leaving all this pain and anguish behind them and they don't even know what's going on because mm-hmm. they don't care to look around. Yeah. Right. And like you mentioned earlier, they can they they can sleep at night because they yeah. don't realize that they're even doing that. Or even if they realize it, it doesn't seem to be a care for them. Yeah. It's like a yeah. self five. Right, let's go to bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right there, yeah. Buddy. yeah. <laughs> so um would you say that those are the ways to specifically spot somebody who is toxic? Would you say that they kind of need to have all of these characteristics versus just having one? I would think uh, several of them will likely apply because they come from the root of being self-centered. Um, I think several of them are probably going to apply, but I would add a caveat uh, that if you listen to the podcast, you'll notice that both of us have been, uh, uh, we, we've both been a little toxic at times. Uh, I've been toxic. He's been toxic. So uh, a person being a, being toxic does not mean that that's the entire picture. Yeah. Uh, and I want to be clear on that, that someone being a toxic person uh, to a certain degree, that doesn't mean that that's all they are. Some of the people we talk about, no, that's pretty much the whole picture. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there, there are people who have toxic behaviors and there are toxic people. Uh, and so I want to add that caveat because again, I want to be, uh, I want to be a, a champion for no witch hunting. Yeah. Uh, don't go up to your boss, but like, hey, guess what? Turns out you're toxic. I quit, and then <laughs> come back. Like, well, two brothers talking said I could. Yeah. I could just quit. Well, that's not yeah. what we're condoning here. Uh, but there's a difference between. I'll, I'll just kind of melt that down to this. There's a difference between people who are toxic and toxic people, yeah. uh, and and the difference being the the degree to which they they. I know add, add toxicity to your life, I guess is the best way I can uh, yeah. conjugate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you'll likely find at least one of these characteristics at times in most people, uh, whether that's because they're doing it on purpose or because it's just something they do accidentally. Yeah. But as these start to act, add up, as you have, you know, more and more of these characteristics, typically they're get, they're changing from a person who's toxic yeah. to a toxic person. Right. And I think it has to do with your ability to be honest with that person. Um, yeah. and have a candid conversation. And we talked about this kind of in the episode, we, we like to give uh, tips to solve the problem we just uncovered. Um, and that is something that I did in this instance. You know, I met that leader, you know, at where they were. And I said, hey, this is how your actions and your, your words, what they did to me. Um, this is what was discussed. This is what was agreed. So we had a candid conversation. And the reason I was able to walk away from that conversation, knowing that it wasn't just a mistake that they made and it wasn't a just, you know, a lapse in judgment. No, this was a series of behaviors and decisions this leader had made. And this was just really the latest one that had taken place. The most like the Perry on top have you. 
And so um, once I had that conversation and it was very clear that that, that self-centeredness was, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, Israel, yeah. what are you talking about? Um, that's how he was able to separate their just toxic behaviors and them being an actual toxic person. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we have toxic people in our lives, would you recommend removing ourselves from that particular relationship? That is a difficult question to answer only because the circumstances are going to be so, so specific and so case by case. I'll give an example of, uh, you know, my, my childhood to a certain degree was not the greatest. I'll just toss that in there. I had some salt to it. Like that was like on the uh, Instagram. I don't right? know what his name is. But oh, salt, salt Bay. Salt Bay. Exactly. Uh, I thought it was like doing this. I uh, had some <laughs> salt to it. Um, one thing that I saw growing up and not only, you know, in, in my house, but in other houses was very toxic relationships, uh, whether they be emotionally abusive, physically abusive, what have you. And one of the worst things I ever heard wives who were beaten say was i'll change him he loves me he did it by accident uh and there's a difference between uh an accident and decision uh the first time it's an accident the second time it's a decision Uh, if i go down the street and i get mugged i got mugged if i go down that street again i'm choosing to be mugged uh and i kind of put that in there again being that we're not the experts here we're not by any way shape or form life gurus we don't have all the answers i'm not tossing out gold nuggets of wisdom here Um, but if there's a healthy responsible way out of a relationship that's toxic that might be the best avenue for you to take Uh, we've had people in our lives who were very like they were around to get something from us that was their only reason for being around so you know probably not the best person to spend all of our time with Uh, people like our bosses sometimes you can't escape that toxic person just because you know, our, our electric bill does not take IOUs. So we have to have a job. We have to, we have to work for people that we may not enjoy being around. That being said, we can mitigate that relationship as, as much as reasonably as reasonably possible. But a lot of that has to come down to uh, evaluation of the relationship, uh, what steps you can take to work around it. Uh, And I would very much advocate a support system uh, because nothing happens in a vacuum. And nothing should happen in a vacuum. So we have a fantastic support system. Uh, we have, you know, our our father, uh, our pa- a pastor, who has a wealth of experience and wisdom we can draw from. So if we come up against something that's like, hey, should I, you know, should I, you know, leave this relationship? I can go to that that person and draw on that experience, mm-hmm. as opposed to making a rash decision that's just going to really cause more problems later. Uh, and in some cases what we may perceive as a toxic relationship, we have to understand that what lens are we looking through and is that itself toxic? And what I mean by that is I've been toxic before. uh, So I may look at a very beneficial relationship as toxic simply because I myself am being toxic. It's all about Eli. So I have to kind of determine is Eli being the toxic one here or the other person? So I, I struggle to draw with too wide of a paintbrush on that one just because it's such a case by case basis uh and for us to just say oh yeah totally get out of that relationship i feel like we're gonna be causing a lot of heartache yeah i think that if you have that kind of conversation and you bring up the behaviors the next step that we gave in the episode is is to be have patience so let me separate this if there is domestic violence and that type of uh, 
of abuse, sexual, um, physical, emotional, mental, that is not the toxicity we're talking about. That is get help. Yeah. Get help now. The toxicity we're talking about is simply the French, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the um, the bosses that are exhibiting these toxic behaviors that it's 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 contributing negatively not only to your life but to your mental health um, sometimes to your physical health because of that added stress um, to where you're dreading any interaction with that person that's where you need to really take a step back and evaluate um, through the right lens um, have that kind of conversation and then give them some time um, Eli has you know had conversations with me i've had conversations with him and we've got to give people room to grow change doesn't happen overnight um but it it should be expected if you're going to maintain a relationship and so you give them that time um if they say hey you know what i'm going to change and i'm going to do my best then you give them some time to do that now how much time is that that's up to you yeah um how because if you're expecting them to grow then you should see some elements of change they might make the mistake again but it's not going to be the same way it was the first time because if they care about you they're going to change some of the things in the way they think and the way they talk and so they might catch themselves mid-sentence you know what oh i apologize we talked about that so give them some room to grow and after that set amount of time that you've determined then take action that's when you need to say you know what we had this conversation you said you were going to do this um, you know, thank you. You, you changed. I see, I saw the growth or, you know what, this relationship, this friendship isn't two ways. It's a one way street. And until you can contribute to this friendship, this relationship, I don't, I can't put myself in the same situation. I can't put myself in the same predicament. I need to take care of myself. And so until you are able to contribute, I don't think we can, I don't think we can be friends or, you know, whatever the relationship status is at that point. Uh, but those are the three kind of steps that we we've taken and that we shared as recommendations um have that conversation be honest don't hold back don't be rude about it but yeah. be candid say hey this is how i felt this is what i thought this is what i did as a result of the conversation and then be patient with them because change isn't easy as as we all know it takes some time and then take the action that you deem is necessary i like yeah. that phrase you use the get out versus like, because there are different degrees to your to your point. There's different degrees of, like, some of them just no. You need to remove yourself from that situation. And others, uh, we talked about in our friendship episode. I want to, th I think, one of our friendship episodes. We talked about friendship is an investment on both sides. Yeah, and it has to be a give and take on both sides. It can't just be, uh, you know, I'm going to be your friend, but you can't be my friend. Like right. you're, you're going to give to me, but I'm 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 not going to give to you. And we always uh, equate a lot of relationships to our marriages. Yeah. Uh, and I heard, I think I heard this on like a talk show or something. I don't remember. They said like marriage is 50, 50. It's like, well, no, it's a hundred, a hundred. Like you, yeah. you have to give everything you have and they have to give everything that they have and friendship and most relationships need to be the same way. It can't be, you know, like you said, just, just one giving the other one taking. Absolutely. That, that's a bank transaction. That's not friendship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And well, I mean, you kind of equated earlier to kind of being a commodity for some toxic people. So, you know, it to to kind of say it's a bank transaction, it, it kind of brings it all back to that, too. Um, so if if yeah, if you are seeing that you're having a friendship like that, maybe you need to reevaluate if that's truly a friendship you want to be in. Yeah. 
So with that, you, you know, you mentioned you can kind of choose when it comes to relationships and friends, whether you can leave, but with work, it's a little more difficult. So say you have a, a toxic coworker or a toxic boss and you've had this conversation with them and you've expressed your, your feelings about particular situations, but nothing's being done about it. How would you suggest um, someone go about continuing their their work relationship with this person. So I'll tell you what I did in my circumstances and I can kind of share the avenues that I've seen. Um, if it's the, like the type of toxicity, like sexual harassment, that's HR conversation, yeah. go to your HR partners, go to uh, a leader above that leader and, and someone that's trusted and have that discussion. But if it's something similar to me where it's just, um, uh, just not a good person um, that doesn't have that sensitivity to people needs. Um, I started looking uh, for another role within my company. I love the company that I work for um, because I saw that there was really no future in the relation professional relationship with that leader. Um, and that's what someone can do if they don't have the option of, of maybe transferring within the same location they're at to another leader. I looked elsewhere and I started when I started looking, I started looking for culture. So the leadership culture, I started having interviews of my own with people that worked in the, that part of the organization saying, hey, what's the culture like? What's the leadership like? When you have uh, a, a something going on in your life, what's the sensitivity level to that? What's expected of you and what's expected of that leader? And having that ability to have that full dialogue versus just trying to jump ship um, really is more healthy because then you can make an educated decision and you're not based in emotions at that point in time. Um, I was still with that leader for another year after that. And so that just shows you, I didn't try to make an emotional decision after my dad talking off that ledge. I said, you know what? I need, do need to take a step back, have some self-awareness on my part and plan this out. And so it took a year of planning and, you know, having discussions with other parts of the organization, other leaders. And I can gladly say that I'm part of a same company, different part of the organization where my leader is exactly what I was looking for, exactly what I need. He understands um, when you have uh, you know, something going on at home, um, you take care of that. Uh, and then when that's sorted out, you know, take care of the things that we need to take care of. Um, or, hey, check back in. You mentioned this was going on. How is that going on? You know, how, how's, your, how's your family? How's your, you know, whatever hap whatever's happening in your life, be quick to come back to making sure that you're okay, not just, hey, can you give me an update on that project? Can you give me an update on what you're working on? But hey, first things first, how are you doing? Like, how's your family? How's your wife? How's your daughter? Now you mentioned something. I think our camera just died right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it flash off. Yeah, that's all right. But we that, can still hear you. <laughs> that's what I, you know, that's what I did. That's what I do definitely recommend if if that's something that someone is, is debating on what to do is if it's a, something like sexual harassment or like border, like abuse from that leader, have an HR conversation. Um, that's more than just toxicity. That's just, that's abuse. Um, but if it's really something that's just, they just don't have the ability to have that an emotional intelligence to see that there's a need there, there's a human on the other side of that um, conversation, then I recommend looking elsewhere and, and doing your investigation, doing your, uh, research on an organization that can give you that culture that you need. And I would say even during that time, one thing that I, I know that you did during that time while you were looking for uh, an alternative, 
make sure that you are being the best employee you can be during yep. that time. Uh, and the reason I say that is because it's not something that comes, I think, natural to us when we've been slighted. A lot of times we try to, we, we can kind of pull back into ourselves like, well, you know, if, if they're going to act that way, then I'm not going to give them 110%. Understand that, you know, it, it, your character should not be sacrificed because someone yes. else's character is poor. And th that really has to be that self-worth that we carry and say, you know what, just because they're going to have a, a, a toxic and a narcissistic life doesn't mean I'm going to pull back from being you know, a rock star on my team. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, I know you were still a great leader. You still had a team that respected and admired you. Uh, and they still you know, worked hard because you worked hard. Uh, and it, it can be tempting when around toxic people to be toxic in, in retaliation mm -hmm. uh, or toxic to others and, and just kind of, again, kind of cast that flame and say, well, I'm, I'm acting this way because of my leader. Well, no, you get to choose how you act. Uh, so making sure that Yes, you may be around people who are less than great. You know, we've all had those people that we just kind of feel like it's a cheese grater against our face. Uh, but in reality, I still own my own actions just as much as they own theirs. Mm -hmm. So ensuring that we are uh, carrying our own way and making sure that we're doing our best, because that's at the end of the day, that's also going to assist us in finding something else. To your point, we we, we moved to a different part of the company yeah. uh, because, you know, our company is great. Uh, but if I am looking for uh, an alternative, I don't want the last thing out of my employer's mouth is to be, well, yeah, but the six last six months, they've been terrible. <laughs> I think that's important, right? You have to have some marketable skills and the ability to market yourself as a candidate. And if, because that's, that's the thing that our company does, they, they do great as they, they check in. So the hiring manager reached out to our leadership staff where I was coming from and they asked, you know, how's Israel's performance? And that's uh, important because that's very tempting to just give up and say, you know what, you, you're not giving me what I need, so I'm not going to give you what you need. And that's at the level of immaturity that I, I feel like we all have the ability to live into. Um, but it's important to have some self-awareness, as we mentioned, and, and be willing to resist that temptation and give it your all. I guarantee you it's going to come back to you. It's going to be paid forward um, by your next um adventure what whatever whatever you decide to do i guarantee you give it your all it's going to come back and yeah. you're going to be blessed because of it it's going to be hard oh yeah yeah no definitely you you mentioned the uh the culture thing and i think that's such an important point that especially now people really need to start looking at when they go into the workforce would you recommend to people who are like you know just coming out of high school or just coming out of college getting their first jobs do you think that that's something that they should ask in interviews when they are going for like their first jobs. Yeah, absolutely. That's whenever. So I was a hiring manager for a period of time and I'd always tell the candidate, ask questions because just as much as we're interviewing you, I want you to interview us to see mm -hmm. if we're a good fit for you. And that's something I didn't learn right off the bat. It was something that I, through experience, unfortunately, since instances like this uh, really taught me. Uh, and so if you're just, you're coming out of a you know high school, college, or entering the workforce for the first time, or even look, looking to change you know the environment you're a part of. Really sit back and think: What do I want to see in an organization? Whether it be values, whether it be benefits, or even culture, um, and ask those questions. Don't be afraid. I can tell you from experience, I was just uh, blown away when candidates came prepared with more questions than like. How much am I going to get paid or yeah. do I have to work weekends when, yeah. but they were asking about, okay, what's the culture like? You know, if, 
if there's something going on in my life, what's the response from leadership? And just things that you would norm, not normally think about in a workplace, um, but you would expect that's something that you need to take a step back and, and really do some investigation into the company, look at their website, and then ask those questions because that's going to really set you up for success to where you will feel valued as an employee and not just a number. Yeah, definitely. A lot of hours at work. You do not want to be miserable <laughs> that entire time. Um, I mean, I remember some of the jobs I had as a kid. Uh, I, I chased, you know, I need money because of X, Y, Z, which, you know, we all work for, you know, for reasons that we need money, right? If they just stop paying me today, I'm probably not going to keep working where I'm working. <laughs> Uh, but you have to be willing to look at, okay, is, is this work going to be my job or is this going to be my life? Um, I've worked in places where I worked, you know, a million hours a week <laughs> and was always stressed out, was always tired. And at the end of the day, if that's the culture I'm working on and I'm working with, I don't want that in my life. So you have to be willing to investigate that thoroughly. Um, I was part of a, uh, a internship program with the company we work at where we took kids fresh out of high school. I mean, they graduated on Friday. We hired them on Monday. And one of the biggest things that I saw was a lot of the, uh, the high achievers, those who'd volunteered and those who poured themselves out into, you know, different projects and different things to get their resume up, to get their, their records up and to make sure that they look good for colleges. One thing that they all lacked and it was universal was very few of them had any uh, emotional maturity or emotional endurance. And what I mean by that is when stuff got hard, they didn't communicate. They just quit. Yeah. Uh, and, and one thing I would say a lot of that has to do with is, you know, setting that expectation when you're going into a job. Uh, what kind of things am I going to be facing? What kind of what would you say is your hardest day at work? Uh, and that's a question I love to ask is what what's the hardest day you yeah. faced at work? Because that's going to tell me what level am, am I expected to uh, achieve? What, what level am I expected to perform at on a daily basis? Uh, and not to these, not to the to the detriment of any of these kids, because I mean, these kids, this was their first job, so they never really kind of faced that kind of stress. Uh, but you have to understand that there are going to be expectations at work that you're going to be held to. But as a point, we have to make sure that we're holding work to our expectations. Uh, we don't want to just you know go work at you know insert retail or fast food company here because I need a job and come home miserable every day. Because one thing that that can turn us into kind of going back to our full our first point bringing this all around circle is now we're going to be toxic to our family yeah uh, and i have worked with people who you know they're just worn out from the day so they go home and they yell at their kids uh mm -hmm. because they're stressed out to deal with their kids now yep like, well, now now we've come full circle now i'm toxic you know to my family as exactly. opposed to dealing with uh, finding a better job to begin with yeah right right absolutely absolutely fantastic advice uh, we we're actually coming uh, to a close. So, do you guys have any anything else you want to add to to this topic? I think it all starts with self awareness um, with yourself first. So that same measure of of you know, I guess or, or lens you could use to look at somebody to evaluate if they're a toxic person. Look at yourself first, yeah, and have that candid conversation with yourself in the mirror and say, you know what. Israel, you're kind of self-centered. Here's some, here's some, you know, examples. You kind of objectify people. You deflect blame. I, I make excuses, and you're disloyal. 
What are you going to do about it? So have that conversation with yourself first, or even be willing to open it up and get some trusted people. And Eli touched on it before, but we talk about this a lot on the podcast is have a group or a circle of friends that you can trust to be honest with you and collect that group of people and say, okay, uh, this is going to hurt, but tell me, you know, what you think about my character, where, where are my flaws, my blind spots, um, ask them to be honest and open with you, give you that feedback, being willing to do that will give you so much more clarity when then you start looking at your relationships, because if you're doing it, it's not really fair of you to ask somebody else to stop because now you're just being hypocritical. Yeah. So if you start with that conversation, that self-awareness, you're going to be in a better place. And more likely than not, you might have less people that are toxic than you originally thought because you were able to clear up the misconception. Yeah. I would also probably check the, the perception you have mm -hmm. or the attitude you have when going to uh, interact with certain people. Um, I, I heard a long time ago from, I, I want to say his name was Ziegler, Zig Ziegler or something. Zig Ziegler. Zig Ziegler. Um, he gave an example of a woman goes to work, you know, and she's, she doesn't like her marriage, doesn't like her, her coworkers, nothing. And he says, I want you to go every morning, every night, look in the mirror and say, I love my husband. I love my job. I love my paycheck. Uh, and at the end of the day, it wasn't the, the coworkers as much that were the problem. It was her attitude. Uh, and part of that kind of self-reflection that Israel mentioned, that self-awareness is, what is my attitude? What is my perception of what I'm going to be doing? And how can I have that self-control to not make a, a, what could be a difficult situation even more difficult? Uh, so so use that measuring stick on yourself, definitely, and then make sure that you're not using that measuring stick to beat people with. Hmm. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. definitely. <laughs> don't, don't get self-righteous if you happen to be someone who has you know a non-toxic personality because that itself is toxic. Oh, yes, uh, it is. It is. You're absolutely right. All right. So um, where where can everybody find you? So we're on pretty much every major streaming platform, Apple, um, Google, um, Amazon, uh, Anchor. Um, you can find the podcast there. We're going to start streaming on YouTube here for season two. November 2nd is our, our launch. Um, so you can find the link to that on our Facebook or Instagram pages, Two Brothers Talking, or on Twitter at Two Brothers 2020. Um, and then course subscribe to that youtube channel as we push out content getting ready to launch um, it's going to be exclusive to that youtube channel so you know, just get ready for that awesome well thank you guys so so much i'm sorry that your camera cut out mid <laughs> midstream awesome. but this was fantastic and um i i am so happy that i got to be the host of this one I, I'm, I it was such a pleasure talking to you guys and and hearing your your opinions and your advice on this topic. So thank you so, so much for, for being involved uh, and, and for doing our Sunday showcase. Hey, thanks yeah, for having absolutely. us, Sarah. Absolutely. Have a great night, guys. You, as well. you too. Thank you. Thanks.